0: هذا النور شفاء صدور فاض وعطر كل لسان وهنا حلقات الصدق قلب ينبض بالقرآن وهنا حلقات الصدق قلب ينبض بالقرآن هذا النور شفاء صدور فاض وعطر ترى كل لسان وهنا حلقات الصديق قلب ينبض بالقران وهنا حلقات الصديق قلب ينبض بالقران بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله واصحابه الى يوم الدين وبعد Inshallah, we'll be starting a new series titled Chronicles of the Sahabas where we leave the stories of the companions of the Prophet, and thereafter we would derive lessons and wisdoms from their stories Inshallah, today we'll start with one of the greatest companions very popularly known as Abu or Wadi Allah and we pray for Allah's pleasure upon all companions. And that is the reason why when their names are mentioned, we pray to Allah to be pleased with them. And we say and Allah to be pleased with him. Or Allah be pleased with her." So back to our story. A man from the tribe of Daos Was known as, or well his real name was Bishams Mansukh. That was before Islam, but we would have heard of a man to fail, Bun Dawsi? I came to meet the Prophet during the early days of Makkah, like six years after the Dawah, and he got the message from the Prophet. After various ways of trying to hide away from him and when he accepted Islam he went back to his tribe and thereafter many people accepted Islam at the hands of the Islam so we could derive that Abu Huwayo and accepted Islam from the hands of Tufayl Bonham al because he was also from the tribe and when he came to Islam the Prophet he named him Abdul Rahman or he changed his name to Abdul Rahman from Abdul Shams because Abdul Shams being a pagan name since they all had this way of calling themselves servant the of the creatures of Allah like Abdul Shams like Abdul Azza the name of the idols and all but when they enter Islam they have to change this their idolatry names to more befitting one or something that Islam allows, so he had to change his from Abu Shams to Abu Rahman min-soh. and and was popularly known as Abu Oweywa, just because Abu Sallam named him that, because he loved to have kittens and he loved to have cats, uh, so the Allah gave him that name, the father of small cats, the father of kittens, Abu Uwewa. This man joined the Post of Salam at Khoibal. That was after the Battle of Khoibal. That was seventh year after in So, 7 AH, he joined the Post of Salam. By then, they accepted Islam in their time, but they all migrated to Medina at 7 AH to fear Ibn Amr and all other um, converts to Islam from Islam like 80 or 100 of them and it becomes more interesting because what we all know about is that he narrated so many hadiths is the most prolific narrator of hadith and here we are hearing that he joined the prophet seven years after interval so practically he spent less than four years with prophet so how did it happen that a man that spent not up to four years before the Salaam became the most prolific narrator of the Hadith whereas there are some people that they've been with the poets from the early days of Makkah we knew the first person that accepted Islam and then some other ones that have been with him and yeah, the ones that migrated the team, the ones that fought battle, old and all and here yeah, we have a man that comes in the seventh year after angel and is the prolific, like, most prolific narrative of Hadith so what happened? How did the story go? Inshallah, this is all we're looking at today. So we have Abdu'l-Wahman al the Salaam 7 years after job, and he was among the Ahl-Sufa Ahl-Sufa, they call them that because the Prophet, was a Salam. there were people that they they like practically the Poor people in the city of Maduna. people that they had no place to live or no place to stay, so practically they just stayed in the mosque, so they had a kind of like they already known to that place, so just like somewhere behind in the masjid, the left part of it, so they they, they know like okay, this is where we stay. So that's where they sleep and that's where they spend most of the time because they have nothing they are practically poor people. So after some time, it was and instructed that they should build a roof over that place. So the roof was built there. That's that they call them ar Sufa, the people of the shade. So because in the mosque it just like just that place that had the roof. So sometimes some people that had their houses too, or that lived in their own houses, they could come there and spend some days or nights or probably months too. Just because they knew that they are not so far. they were the ones that they are like the upholders of the Sunnah of the Prophet so. because they spent most of their time with him, and many times they were like the most, how um, would I like say, it's most pious of the companions because many, most of the time they are like practically doing their yeah, tikhaf every day. So they are the ones that you see them in the forefront of righteousness and and all, so that is what they were known for, and Abu Rehra being one of them was practically like the leader, and whenever something was to concern ahl sufa, Abu Rehra would certainly be part of it because he was just like the leader, and he had many narrations of this particular people, this particular guardian of Sufa because there were times that they would go very hungry and there are times that they had nothing at all to eat and he would say and narrate that sometimes we just sit on the pillar and sometimes we just just use rock to tie his stomach and we'll be so like dead to hunger be so hungry and he himself narrated that there are, time, there are times that after the solar or probably when you see someone comes to the mosque he would just follow the person, and he will start asking the person probably something about some hadith or some Quranic verse. And he knows that that thing like asking the person, he also knows it. But then he's just asking the person so that at the long gone probably when they already gone, they are walking, and they get to the person house. Probably the person could invite him over, and he could just have something to eat because most times they used to have nothing. And the of even advised the companions that. Whenever gifts come to them or whenever they have so much to eat or extra in their houses, they should remember the people of Sufa. And that's why like the Prophet, whenever he had like something to eat, or some gifts come to him, he always invites the people of Sufa to share with him. It was a very interesting narration that Abu Baba himself narrated to us and he said that one day Ab- he saw like it was very, very Hungry, and then he saw Baku leaving the mosque, so he followed him and I was asking him about some Quranic verses just because he saying it himself that I was doing that just because I felt like okay, I had a long gone he would invite me over, but then he did not happen. back, he did not invite him, and thereafter, I saw Umar with the same intention, and no also did not invite him, and thereafter, I saw the Prophet Salam. And even before you could even make any advance, Prophet Prophet already knew, and Prophet Prophet just told him to follow him. And then, when he got to the house of the Prophet, ﷺ, there was a bowl of milk, and Prophet Prophet asked, Where is this bowl coming from? and they told him that it was some gifts that he gifted to Prophet. ﷺ. Then the Prophet told him that go and invite the people of Sufa. I hope we are interesting in that it's here that. When the boss said this, he was not too happy with that because he felt that this bowl of meat, like how many people will this feel of that if the boss can just give only him that he will be for him, but then he had to obey the prophets, because he's the prophet, but then he was thinking of it in his mind that this bowl of meat for all of us in that shade, we are like at least up to 30 or maybe at that present time they were maybe like more than 10 or something. And the Prophet wants to share this mix with all of us. When then he had to be so he had to call all of them. And when they got here Prophet Asalaam gave him the bowl that he should give every one of them. And again you would be surprised and somehow sad because he wants this bowl of mix himself. And here it is Asalaam is asking him to serve people first before he drinks so he feel like what should he mean for me and then he gave the first person the person drank and collected it the person asked him to give the second person and he passed it to every one of them till the Prophet told him that Yaaba ah, well, that it's just remained both of us and he said yes so the Prophet was trying to do it yeah, it's just the two of us now salam asked him to drink and then he drank and drank and drank. Then he gave the first asked him to drink more and then he continued drinking. He gave the prophet again, person asked him to drink more and he drank till he told the prophet that by Allah my stomach would not be able to contain anymore. So he drank his fill and then gave the prophet and the person drank the And it clearly shows one of the but um, the wisdom here or the purpose of this narration is just to show us the um, kind of standard of living of the people of so Sufa, The way they had nothing at all and they would have to like sometimes just go to the help of some of the other companions to help them with food and other things. And with this, this man became a very, very close companion of the Prophets because he spent many, many of Islam there. There was a time that people accused him of, or people like, they used to just spread good mother. This man is not so much. And then he says that the people of the, the Muhajir, those people that they migrated from Mecca, those early Muhajir, they were so busy with their businesses, and so were busy with their farm and their agricultural producers. But then he, he was a poor man and he had nothing. So most times he was only talking with the boys or and he, like the only thing he had to do during his years with the Prophet was just to memorize the Hadith because he had no um source of income or something that he was doing to while he was time and then he narrates again that I divided my night into three that the first part of it or one part of it is for solar and another part is for sleep and then the third part is for revising hadith of God so you can understand how this man was so eager to learn the hadith of God and to have them in his memory so practically he does this every day um, salah sleep then revise hadith and this is just someone that met the prophet salam, three years before the death of the prophet and he was trying to memorize much hadith we cannot talk about Abu without talking about hadith when you mention hadith one of the first names that come to head is abu U'la. and he he ended the trust of the prophet salam, before the prophet salam, sent him to be an emissade on many occasions to Bahrain, there was a time that Prophet ﷺ wanted to send the message to all the around the world after the conquest of Makkah that no mushik is going to come and do Hajj here in Makkah again because before Hajj was like open to all people would come there and they would come and do the Hajj and they would do the Telviyah of Shirk and all but after the conquest of Makkah the Muslim already like had the power of the Kaaba was to send the message to all other pagans that now you cannot come and do Hajj again? Wasallam sent Abuya on this, so he had this um, blessings with Rasulullah. And he, after the prophets died, Abu Rehagam was one of the like most prolific narrator, as you know today. Too. It happened that at some point in time. Kind of like doubts or tensions because people felt that this man just spent three years in poverty and he narrates everything. There was a time that Omar about the and like um, when he was the ruler, he commanded that there should be no halakha um, on hadith, that there should just be halakha on because he did not want the Quran to be confused with the hadith. So, and after some point in time. Abura was still doing Nyaga of hadith. And then Omar tried to get it and hadith to, to Abu Ewa or the Allah. And he did it in a kind of like very wise way. And Abu remembered and told him I know the reason why you are saying this particular statement. It is because that the because of Salaam told us that anyone that invents or lies about what he said, he should look for a seat in jahannam um, so when you know oh, this man he understands that had this clearly and he remembers it and he takes it to heart. that you cannot invent the lie about it then he allowed him to continue with and he even gave him like the number one authority of um hadith lesson in Medina. and abu Uwea lived a very long life he died in like 60 a.h so that's like 50 years after the first assalam so it was very easy for him to narrate a lot of hadiths. Most of the time, it may not be that he heard those hadiths directly from Prozor so like, he may have heard it from other companions too. So. But then, in being a companion on his own in the synod of like hadiths, we don't have to say, okay, this companion had it from this companion or no. As far as the companion, we believe that he's still studying, so you don't, there's, there's no need for any. Like chain of narration from is you when know, you can just say, like, the poor sallallahu said this, and we all believe that all companions are taught to and then we can give the credit of that hadith to so that companion. So, like, you know, about Allah, and it's one of the big names in you know, the hadith, but it was just attending when the person died, so obviously, would have heard some of those hadiths from probably his uncle or the like other companions. And would have married it to, to younger generations, and those, those hadiths would be in his name because the name of those companions doesn't need to actually be mentioned. So, basically, that is what it is. And when people tend to be like very, very surprised about the hadiths that Abu narrates, we would see that by the time we calculate the days that he spent with was so and the number of hadiths that we have recorded, that. He narrated is just like average of two hadis per day and it is something that is not hard for Abu Rehra at all in any way because even the Prophet did a prayer for him when Avoa complained to the Professor that I used to try to remember many of what you say and I used to see that I forget and Prophet put it to him prayed for him and that prayer was that you should always remember like his sayings so with that point from that day I never forgot any hadith of the Paul Salaam. So imagine Paul sallam already put for him and he never forgot any hadith then is let's just say he's taking in two hadiths per day. Then it is very very like very very logical that yes it is very possible because Paul Sallam would say many things in a day and just two hadiths per day is a very logical thing to take him. Now so to get to some some of those accusations or like the doubts that people had about Abu Uwe or the law and why because as I said he spent just three years with him and people felt that how so much. And this all this already happened in this time, starting from even among the companions themselves, but then those ones were you not know, like accusations because they would obviously not say that oh, this border is lying or something. The had this um, and and Iman. But sometimes as a woman those things would just come up. There was one time that certain issue happened and even was trying to say that oh, there's nothing actually big in attending janazah like it. just attend janazah and just attend. But then I narrated the hadiza for said that Mansha Janaza Hacker is a lay fala who a man "Ha, to the fun. Fun have Whoever witnesses the janaza, until um, they pray to the person, the person will have a keyholder of the of the word. And whoever witnesses the janaza, till, the, till they bury the person, the person will have two keyholders, like two key of the word. And when the husband was salam, one man keyholder and said, Miss you need love the man. It is like two large mountains so like in that place it's just like he already like refused what the drummer was saying. Then it's just an like kind of human um a reflex reaction and U- yeah. um just started out like you're narrating too much. Abuya they are narrating too much. Then I got angry because he felt like more was there to um he was trying to say how to probably this man are you not know, like probably are confusing things or probably poor so not gonna say all these things that are claiming that he said and probably just your own um human imagination or your own like common mistake. That like, I cannot just be narrating at this every time, every time, or any incident by everybody narrate had this, in write the hadith, any incident you had this. Then I to meet met with Aisha and her and he told an her that. And I he asked her about this incident, about the Hadith, and Aishah said that, yes, because suppose, said it, and because he already had the endorsement of Aishah wadallahu alayhi and he went back to me to know that even Aishah wadallahu alayhi and her attest to this Hadith. So from there, Ibn Umar said, now I agree that you spent more time with Prophet salam, and so with that, he memorized more, and you have more knowledge um, learned in hadith now every one of us. So this is no more that he started living with the Prophet from the days of Mecca and now he's telling Abu that I agree that he spent more time with the Prophet. Why? Because they already saw that no this man is actually not like he's not in any way confusing those things. He remembers those hadiths and he's saying the hadiths as he has heard this from Prozala. Another incident that I shout and I mentioned that I just nagging had like just nagging had back to back to back to back. Then she called him and she asked him about this, and he told her that regularly the wife of a boss Sometimes you have to observe the wife duties, so you have sometimes you, you don't have the time to sit down and forget like my mother had this. But me, I had no obligation. All the time was over. He had no obligation. He had no wife nothing to think of, no business, nothing just hadith, so it was just memorizing and And As I said, I that is the case, and he had one of the like, of the greatest of students, We have Muhammad Ibn Siyri, we have Sa'id Ibn Sayyid and others, and from like, collection of hadiths that we've gathered around in the world, we see that Abu has more than 5,400 hadiths. And second to him is not even close at all because that is down just, just going to be clocking two thousand to three thousand. We have the likes of Abdullah bin Aisha Abdullah Anha, Abdullah and Jabi bin Abdullah. And the highest among them just like two thousand to three thousand. And here he is standing on the mantle of five thousand four hundred hadith. So we can see that he had this heritage and this um level with hadith and Allah subhanahu blessed him with giving him the um giving him the honour to be one of those that will preserve the hadith and that is why today still, uh, every average Muslim or many average Muslims we know Abu Wewan is one of the like popularly or popular big names among the companions and yet it's not among the um, Asha'o and Mbasha'o to Bidjana It's not among those ten that were promised Jana It's not among the Ahri uh, Badu Those people that um, performed battle or they fought in the Battle of Badu It's not among those that gave the Bidjana to Gidwan And these are the people that had like great, Greatest levels among the components And yet today when we mention some people that participated in the Battle of battle Or those that gave their pledges in Bidjana to Gidwan we see that some of them they don't have this popularity of Abu law and who met the in seven And among the things that we know from him is that he participated in some battles like in time of Abu and participated in this battle against the Mothad and in time of Ojala and Umar appointed him as the governor governor of Bahrain. And probably like after some months or two or some years, it happened that he, by the time he came back to my dinner, he came back with some kind of wealth that he, had, he did not have when he went like on his appointment and on this someone summoned him and asked him where he got all this and he told him that clearly like he got all this from the businesses buying and selling like obviously. And that's the reason why his wealth has increased but Umo theater people would have probably been giving him more preferences because he was a governor and all and that's the reason why he had like kind of lots of profits than than usual and, and, and with this he just told all that he's actually not even interested in being the governor again he wants to stay in Medina and just continue teaching the heart of brothers so on and Omar accepted this and was teaching the hadith so you can imagine this is up to like maybe some 20 something age or so or maybe like even yeah like 20 something age or maybe nineteen, eighteen. and this one started teaching the hadith of so was also till 50 age or 60 age when he died so you can imagine how many hadiths would have married them in his lifetime and even as he was among the late people, so I mean like he was among those that spent very little time with Prophet. So he still was granted so much honour. To the extent that at some point in time he was among those that he was among like the Mufti of Medina, was among those that gave fatwa in the time of Ali I was man whatever, and, and was a very ally, as we all know he is, a, he is an authority in hadith so that means we cannot even argue that at all and it is not arguable. so anyone that has problem with hadith they most certainly would have problems abu uh, and among his honor was that he led to the janaza of abu uh, and muslim uh, uh, so as we said that many of those people that have problem with hadith they have problems uh, and we see that even interestingly from his lifetime because in the time of Osman Udala and when tensions were rising, Abu Ghra was one of those that would narrate many hadiths on the um, on the importance of like the blessings of Osman Udala. And so among those um people that wanted to give gold and all so they started targeting him because they knew that on no account would they um, belied the hadith because the instances that they start belying the hadith then they're bellying the Prophet of salam and people would just um, attest to the fact that these people are not muslims So instead of believing the hadith, they would just belied the person that's narrating the hadith and say that Prophet did not say that one is and so they start bringing some some allegations upon him. And Abu was very ready to clear all this, and that was, that is the time that he mentioned that some people like the Mohajun, they were busy with their businesses and they are so they were busy with their agricultural produce and their farming. And they had nothing to do and they had no obligations and I was just memorizing how to support even one of them went to meet one of the Taboin, El Taboe went to meet Tol Harbon Obedula. Told Harbon Vedula is one of those that were on um Bomb paradise among the ten. So we know that he has a very high status among his companions. So some people that. Who is more Is Abu Wewa more learned than you? In terms of Hadith. And isn't this man just lying to us? Because he would say things that even you don't say. And Tal Habu mentioned the fact that Abu Wewa spent more time with Abu Uyrah. to the fact that they, they had their obligations, and he, he was just spending the time with him because he was a poor man. He had nothing to like, nothing to do. And he said, "No, he knows that Abu A'ra is not a liar, and he attested to that." So, and we would see that it's continued going even till our times so today. Many people they would just come and mention Abu Ewa and they'll be ready to refute him, and it's sound like Buhari and all, and the just the wisdom about this is that they are only refusing these people not because of those like not because of them but because they don't support hadith or they don't like the hadith that you are getting. or the hadith and is not coming to their taste like maybe someone that wants to say something about feminism now and they know that there are some hadiths that will come and counsel what they say but, but if he does not see any hadiths in the backing they can easily just manipulate the quran because he doesn't understand it and he would just like go with it so many times because they cannot belied the hadith as we say you belied the hadith and believe been of Salah, so they would just take the shot on the narrative of the hadith and like it is very very easy for them so that's why some people would say that abu oh, is a misogynist. some people would oh, is a liar and uh, we have some of our scholars in our own region too that they would take a dig at our level and say that he doesn't even know what to say. Some of them will quote half of the hadith that he has mentioned, and many a times that hadith that they are thinking that it is a complicated hadith, it's remaining at the end would have cleared the hadith that they will just quote from the beginning and they will just cut short. So many of them, many of those who you know that they would say uh, they, don't, they don't support hadith or they. They have a problem with certain hadith, those are had the people that they are only coming to it's Abu Hurairah. And so, we as An Suna we know that Abu was one of the most respected companions, and we believe in all what's in because we believe in Prophet Sallam, and we accept the Sunnah. So, those people that they would try to pretend like they also believe in Prophet Sallam, and they accept the Sunnah. And they would not refute Abuja so as to refute the Hadith Abuja and Hadith. They are just saying that in a bid to save themselves from being called Muqtad or hypocrites. So we'll stop here for today and pray as subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bless this companion here. Yeah, we you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bless them. We pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him. And may his peace and blessing be with him whereby yeah, like he is in his grave and then we pray to Allah that he, make he makes us among those that they would live up to the teachings of the hadith narrated by whoever and he would live up to the wisdom that we learn from his blessings and his life history. Amen.